What is up, everybody? This is Ryan here for the Scale Up Show. I have an awesome guest. I have Michael Brooks on today. Michael is the founder and CEO of GoLance, where he built a company. Listen to this. You're not going to believe this. He built a company of $40 million plus with only freelancers. You're not going to want to miss it. Check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Michael Brooks. Michael is the founder and CEO and of an award-winning online freelance marketplace called GoLance. And he's made it his mission to help others by finding new business solutions through digital marketing and electronic payments. Michael, welcome, man. Happy to have you on the show. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having me part of the program. I appreciate it. Really happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I love hearing uh, how Marketplace CEOs run their business because there's so many nuances to it. So before we get too deep into it, let's do a real quick revenue rundown so everyone has an understanding of where you're at in your journey. So where are you at in terms of your AR? So we did 40, 43, 44 million last year in gross okay. service revenue. Um, and that was big. A, a chunk of that was, uh, was managed development. We, we've opened up a small to mid-sized business managed services. So where instead of just people posting a job and finding somebody, it's great. We love it. Um, people come to our company and say, hey, can you just build this for us? So we picked up some really good small to mid-sized businesses there. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's, where, that's where we're at last year. I think we're on track to do anywhere from 58 to 65 this year depends wow, on awesome growth depends on whether we can collect all the invoices or not but we're, <laughs> we're pretty good at that <laughs> that's fantastic growth man you're actually killing it so how how large is your team uh so we have our team is completely remote so it's remote and it's all freelancer base so oh. we we eat our own steak and we eat our own vegetables too so our, our team is totally comprised of people that, yes, they have a they have a tracker and they have all the time commitments, but they don't have any specific time they have to work for us. So it's a hey, here it is, here's the work. Do as much or as little of it as you want, um, and people tend to do as much as they can. So with that, we're about fifty people strong. Okay, wow. All right, a little bit, little bit here, dig deeper into that a little bit later. And what's your primary go-to-market strategy, like in terms of revenue creation? Yeah, uh, bloody knuckles, knocking on doors. So there was, uh, I hired this this young guy right out of high school. Like you think college, but no, this was like right out of high school. And uh, just a great, great, great kid. And uh, I mean, he's still a kid. The guy's just He's still a kid, but he's been with us for like uh, seven, seven years now. And he and I just work together and um, he's run the entire sales team. And I do a lot of business development. You know, we we do get a lot of organic business, a lot of organic traffic. I do a lot of podcasts. Um, I was I'm big on Cora. I do a lot of answer. I try to I mean, we don't spend any money on Google ads or Facebook ads at all. We spend the money in the time. So we have me and then I've got a few other people I work with that go out on Quora Answers. We go to Facebook group, LinkedIn Answers, and we find that 
providing value is the best marketing uh, one one can do. So uh, when I say bloody knuckles, digitally knocking on doors, but somebody posts a question um, that we have the ability to answer. If we don't, we'll go find the answer and then we serve it up in a, a manner which is authentic and that has value and you know doing the numbers it, it's not that hard to get to very profitable for your time when you're looking at actually just going yeah not everybody i help is gonna hire us but if we just go and, and help people then we we get typically responses for that um i'm also a big and avid writer and i push a lot of content out there um i write uh i write three books two on electronic payments one on remote work um nice. And then I also knock out articles here and there. I do a lot of articles on digital assets, cryptos. It's a hobby, but we get attention from it and it's good attention. So that's been our go-to go-to-market strategy. It's uh, pretty unsophisticated, just kind of out there in the world, finding people that have questions and answering it and then going on the next. And then uh, just the philosophical perspective of goodwill. That's, I mean... That's a, I don't know. I don't know what we would call that. I've never heard anybody refer to it as the uh, bloody, bloody knuckles go to market strategy, digital, digital bloody knuckles. But I like it, man. Um, I used to sell pizza coupons. I used to sell pizza coupons door to door. So I knock on a lot of doors. I get my knuckles bloody. All right. This is going to sound like I'm like 200 years old, but in college, I sold yellow page advertising door to door. So, um, and, and my respect level was starting to high, Ryan. Bam. (laughs) <laughs> Through the roof. Wait, wait, wait. This is going to top it off. Now, my initial job, and then I'll get back on track so, so everybody isn't rolling their eyes. So my initial job, though, that I, I was going to roll with, that I was so excited about that I backed my car into a pole in high school, was selling Cutco knives. And my parents would not let me take the job because they thought I would just constantly hit up their friends as prospects, which makes sense now. Yeah. And, and the car would be probably not in the best shape. <laughs> But dude, I got a sale. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, no. It was from the training. I'm like, they offered me the job. Backed up. Boom. I'm like, ah, doesn't matter. I'm going to make so much money this this summer crushing it, selling knives that it's not going to matter. <laughs> I got a little $800 knock on the station wagon with wood grain siding. So, uh, yeah, that's right. So, anyways, we, we won't go too much into my past. But um, real quick, walk us through your your solution, your marketplace, kind of how it works, and um, just what the solution is. Sure. Um, I mean, it works a lot like some of the other guys out there from a, from a, like just a simple posting a job, finding somebody that can fill that job and then hiring them online. So say you wanted to build a, a website, you post a job for a content writer, you post a job for someone that is a, a web designer and so on and so forth. So you post these different jobs, we try to get some really qualified, good people to apply. You select the person that you want. Uh, we bill you. We pay them. Um, differentially, we're, we, we tend to check our clients out more and check our freelancers out more. We're constantly working on, on ensuring quality, right? That's a huge, a huge uphill battle, constant. Hey, how do we make sure this person is going to do a great work for this person? How do we, how do we make sure there's going to be a harmonious relationship with the client and there's a lot of cultural work that we attach that we attack we're not just simply transactional keeping everybody on the platform so we can make our rip and then saying you know bugger off like that's that's not us um we're constant that we've we've done two we're, we're 
the lowest priced freelance platform I think out there. We price like uh, like an Airbnb, right? Whereas uh, so all in we're seven point nine five percent. Whereas uh, we have a competitor. I don't want to say their name. I'll just call them Schmuckwork. <laughs> you can decide if you know them. They charge the five percent to the client and then. 20% to the freelancer and then they tear down and I don't know, they may have some different fee structures. That's the one that they advertise that I've seen. And um, I think that's the one the vast majority of the people are on. And I, I think that's, that's provides challenges. And we've talked to people when like, we've talked to people throughout that our journey, but uh, it seems to me, and we've, we've spoken with people that have said, Hey, I've been working for schmuck work and uh, I have a client and I charge a lot of money and they just want to get on the phone with me. And I've made all this money with them. I've done all kinds of stuff. And I give my number and immediately freezes their account. And then it's a flag and a violation. They want all the communications to be in their ecosystem. And um, yeah, we think that sucks, right? It's just, uh, it's kind of messy. And it's, you're going to be constantly fighting a war of attrition because people aren't going to be happy and nobody wants to be owned. Right. And I, I don't know about you. I mean, you're a sales guy, right? I'm a sales guy. Sometimes you just need to pick up the phone and talk to somebody to work something out. And if I'm paying a platform to make it so I can't do that, it's like, and it's not like I mean, getting a great deal. It's, it's, uh, I, it just feels very, it feels like a bad relationship. So we're very open. We're very transparent. Our, we're in the business of doing plugins and adding value adding in Slack, adding in Zoom, connect with people the way that is going to be most effective to your work. And then we create, try to cause as little pain with the fee structure as possible, um, allowing people to toggle, setting the toggle in, uh, in the middle. So we recommend 3.9% to the client, 3.9% to the freelancer. Nobody feels hurt. Everybody feels like they get a lot of value. And then adding in different elements, virtual cards, soon physical cards, which have a lot of cost when you use outside sources. So payments, backbone, very strong. Um, and, and just kind of keeping in that vein going, dude, we, don't, we want people to work with us forever. And I don't want to watch and see if they're having a phone conversation on Slack. Right? I, don't, I, don't want to, I want them to talk and I want them to work better on our solution. So that's, that to me is a, the, the biggest problem with the industry right now is everybody that hops in wants to disintermediate because they're like, I meet you here, let's go over here. And I get it, I get it. But it's like not fair to the platform, but the platform's not really being that fair. So we're going, eh, how can we make it work for everybody? And sure, some people are gonna shave a couple points here and there. But uh, you know, you and I talked about, uh, talked about this uh, when we were just discussing about where we was using that service and I could, Use somebody else for it and our own people. But I'm like, yeah, you know what? That, like, let's just be fair. I've got a good thing going with them. They take care of stuff. I pay a little bit of a premium. But you know what? They're, I, I feel really good about the work they're doing. So I'm going to let it ride. And so I think, by and large, people are good people. And they, they're not out to cheat you. And they're out to, to, to at least try to do good. And, try, and that's who we want to work with. Because that's who we end up working with for long periods of time. And we talked stats. I mean, our clients stick with us for like ever. Like, like they just stay. Um, and if they don't, it's, it's because they've moved on or they're not doing that, that specific business. If they leave us, it, we, we consider it deeply painful. 
and we self-reflect and we, we do whatever we can to, 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 to build our business in a way to re- get them back. Um, Cause we really do care about that. That makes a lot of sense. And you know, I, I think it's, you're right. Like it's okay to leave some money on the table in, in instances, right? If you have that retention and you have a really happy customer. So I, I think that's, uh, some some great wisdom there. Are you bootstrapped or are you funded? Fully bootstrapped. And I mean, like you look at Schmuckwork and they've got a lot of shareholders. They've got stock pressure. Like I know that business. Um, back in a very long life ago, I was a stock promoter for like 20 minutes. And I just understand how much pressure these guys have to keep their stock up. And like their shareholders are their investors. Our shareholders are our freelancers. And very much our clients. So when we go, okay, this is who we, this is how we, we, this is how we exist through this community, this chicken and the egg, who comes first, right? We, we can over-service that and continue to service that. And then we don't have to run two businesses. Right? I don't want to run a capital raising stock management business and then also uh, providing value. So we go, okay, we're going to turn away from a lot of revenue. We're not going... Let's blitz scale, you know, like it sounds great, right? But it, it's like how, how, like, like what's the end? What's the end game? Like we, we want to build systems where we want to build relationships that last forever. I'll tell you the difference between this company and every other company I've founded. And I've had plenty of probably failed more than the vast majority of people tried. But with this one, I was coming off of a really bad time and then I got an upswing and then I stabilized with my other company, which is an e-commerce subscription billing SaaS platform. I'm going, okay, cool. It's got a managing partner there. Doesn't really need my attention. I can kind of guide and whatever, but what do I want to do? And I was 36 at the time. And I'm like, well, what if I'm, how long do I want to work? I like working. I like it, Ryan. So I'm going, okay, how long do I want to work? How long can I commit to working unless I get sick or die or something? tragic. I don't see myself quit until at least 75, 76. So I'm like, okay, let's just put 40 years on there. Just put 40 years on the clock, right? And then work backwards from there. And then when you, so this was the business that I, I committed to. I'm, like, I'm just going to commit. And then when you do that, you start making, when you can make a 40-year commitment, you make different relationships, right? You make different relationships with your spouse than you do with Somebody you met on Tinder, right? Unless that turns into a spouse, but that changes the nature of it. But like you make different, you make different decisions. You have different expectations of yourself and everybody else around you. When you take such a long view and you go, no, no, I'm here. I'm stay. I'm going to be a staple here. And yeah, incremental growth is going to add up to a lot. Um, I don't know when we're going to hit that massive scale. But we've got serious year-over-year growth that we're happy about turning down business. Saying, no, this is, this is uh, and, and turning, turning down terms, turning down stuff. Hey, sorry, we can't take that right now. We don't meet the requirements for you. We'd love to, but we're going to go take care of our current community and grow a little slower. Um, turning down capital more than anything else has been a serious challenge. Yeah, and I, I can see that all the time.
Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. So how, how long has it taken you to get from to this 43 million mark if you, if you bootstrap? Yeah, so we're seven years live now. Wow, that's awesome. And would you say that's primarily because of your, your I guess, value-led go-to-market strategy where you're, you're just answering questions and helping people out on Quora, Facebook groups, LinkedIn, yeah. writing articles? Yeah, that's it. So with the e-commerce company, people needed help setting up their websites and stuff. So I went and found some really good developers. In fact, uh, guys that have made over now have made over a million dollars on GoLance, which I love it when they're in the seven, seven figures club. Like that is exciting. Um, so uh, one of them is as far, uh, as far as Omsk, Siberia, which I actually visited. So I was out in Russia a long time ago for, uh, for, for a conference, and then I just popped down to visit them. And if you ever have a chance to go to Om Siberia, the thing about it, and I say this uh, with all due respect, it's not a great place to visit, but you wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> <laughs> Never go back. Never. It's not the spot. Um, but uh, I just found out that I was like, dude, you're, you're a good guy. You do good work. Your prices are fair. I can sell a value. And I can go give somebody else a value and make a couple bucks myself. Great. Um, which we used to build a platform. So I went out and just selling him. And then he went and got a team. And he's like, well, it'd be great if we could split payment and I could charge this and you could charge this. And this is how visibility management. I was like, okay, we'll build that. And so we built a lot of our um, subcontracting system through that, through that logic. Um, and that's, that allowed him as a solopreneur to turn into an entrepreneur. And that was really exciting. So I was, we were really good about going out, finding work. And then it kind of built up and built up. And people started asking questions. Hey, what's with this freelance platform? And then, of course, the sharks come out. I mean, we get, we get sharks coming out all over the marketplace, two-sided marketplaces. They're always trying to hit us. And, you know, we, we fight it off the best we can. Um, every now and again, we lose a couple bucks. But... We, we, we learn. I've even, uh, I've even offered to pay guys that have, uh, that have like stolen from us at the early days. I was like, Hey, that's really good. How'd you figure that out? Uh, I'll just, I'll just pay you. You just show me what you did. And they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, no, we found you on VK.com talking about this with somebody else. And most of the time we figure it out on our own and we tighten it up. So that's, I mean, when, when you're in this kind of space, right. To, to manage, I mean, we've had, I think, two, $3,000 in chargebacks over a year. That's like unheard of, right? It's unheard of because we really qualify our clients and we try to find people that are going to be on the platform, be, be engaged with their freelancers for the long haul. As we grow and as we start to pull the bandaid off a little, um, open up the gas a little bit, you know, that, that may change. We may, we may loosen those restrictions and and allow a little bit more of an automated process. Right now, we're a little more hands-on, and we're doing that to keep to keep ourselves safe and keep our community safe and not get into some of the trouble we've seen uh, other guys get into. 
Well, I think, I mean, that's a pretty cool story on how you guys started and, and how you started to grow. I guess like what, like what's your, the thing that I'm really curious about and, and I love that, that you built around the guy in Siberia and you went and visited. I think that's cool. That's a great story. Um, so how, but, but like, you know, we were talking about your, your go to market and, and how you really just try and help people. And, and I know you created those books, but like, walk me through that, like in a, all the way from the writing to the answering questions, like how much time do you spend on that, you know, daily? And then how much do you deploy your team on that? Because I think that's like, I literally, I talked to a guy who went from, he was in jail, right. To getting like a million followers on Instagram and, and Facebook and having a multi-million dollar business in about nine months. And one of his key strategies were he went live every day for an hour and then he would answer questions for like two hours um, on anything related to his subject. And so you kind of piqued my curiosity that you mimic some of the same strategies. So I'd love to hear just kind of like step by step if someone wanted to grow. Cause that, I mean, that's amazing, man. Go in seven years to like 43 million. That's fantastic. Um, so what do you do? What's a framework someone can apply like instantly that you did in their own space? Um, first, wow. Like that's, that's crazy about your friend. Um, and yeah, it, the, the time intensive, it's time intensive. It was a lot more for me at the beginning. Um, and then now I brought in people to help and they do their own content and their own messaging. But, uh, it, yeah, it saved us a ton in ads. It saved us a ton in ad budget. And, um, now we probably like dollars wise, I probably spend a lot less on the people that are going in and specifically answering that are just wearing our badge, right? They're wearing our badge in their, in their, in their banners. Um, I've spent a lot less on, on that than, um, than I would on buying ads. You can blow money buying ads very quick. Uh, so how can people deploy it? Well, I, like I said, Cora is my like number one. So I have a friend who does uh, CBD. He's an e-com marketer, CBD. And he's a huge marketer. And I was like, look, uh, Derek, man, what's your, what's your cost per acquisition? And uh, I think he said 100, 120 bucks. And I'm like, okay, 120 bucks. So two, two, 240. If you're picking up a content writer that's writing for your brand, that's answering every question on Quora or Yahoo Answers, or there's all kinds of Facebook and, and LinkedIn groups. Go joining all those groups and kind of like your, like your guy is going live. Man, what a strategy. I might take that strategy. Um, I'll try and I don't, don't want his background, but, <laughs> like, but God bless him for what he did since, since in, in 90 days. Um, or, or you say nine months? It was like nine months. It was nine months, but still. Um, but still, still, it's huge. Still very good though. <laughs> but so if you find, so we have, and we can help people. Um, we were mentioned, we, we have uh, good English speaking content writers in South Africa. We work with a lot of people in South Africa, uh, about six bucks an hour to start. And that's a good solid writer. So that works out to about two fifty a week, right? So uh, six, six bucks at 40, 40 hours. So that person answering all those questions has to get two people to buy. Mm -hmm. Two people spending 40 hours a week talking to people, making friends. 
has to get two people. Hey, where can I get high quality CBD? Well, let me tell you everything there is about CBD. Let me give you all the answers on it. This is our brand, but buy whatever you want. You know, try not to be too self-aggrandizing. I mean, that's like, there's, there's so many, you could, you could keep that busy person busy all day. I don't know how, what, how many orders a week he's getting, but I'll bet it's more than two. If you're out there, bloody knuckle, knocking on doors, talking with people in a digital environment, uh, 40 hours a week, and you have somebody dedicated to that. Um, yeah. And so his cost practically cost him 120 bucks to get a customer. So he has to get two customers a week having someone full-time just discussing with potential customers, answering their questions, what's going to, what's going to do it right. Buying a bunch of ads and having a little like fun image on there and then driving traffic to a site that's going to convert or having a human being reach out and connect and actually have a discussion and give you something of value. Um, I think it's going to be a lot more than two weeks, but two weeks is all he needs to scale that. And he's like, ah, oh, man, if that works, I'll get a hundred of them. I haven't talked to him in a while, but, uh, you know, who knows? It's, it's, a winning, it's a winning strategy that's grossly overlooked. So let's, let's go back to you, man. So, like, first year, like, how much time did you spend on it? Like, ballpark, right? Uh, probably four or five hours a day. Okay, which is that? I mean, that's a big commitment. But the beautiful thing about it is you really understand your market if you do that, right? And then... If you're looking at that, so, you know, you got to put in the elbow grease initially. Um, yeah. Get a, get a little knuckles, a little bloody there. Right. So, but then like, so I like the concept of what you're saying is like hiring a writer, doing that. Um, like you mentioned you writing. You to understand well. your market. You can drive your business by understanding the re- the responses of, of the, of the community. And it's, it's different when you're, when you're in touch with your market, when you're actually like, eating from the same side of the table as them and understanding what's, what's going on in their lives, man, it, it changes the game. Yeah. So then how do you scale that over time? Right. You just keep adding writers and then looking for different, you know, communities that kind of infiltrate or participate in. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's an element of, of scale and then there's an element of cap out, right? There's only so many answers you can, you can give, <laughs> you can, you can scale your writers up. I think it works better in e-commerce. I think it works much better in e-commerce and something measurable. You look at every writer and you go, okay, uh, uh, I can afford a $120 cost per acquisition. You owe me two sales a week, right here, go tackle this and answer all the questions. Um, and you can scale. I think e-commerce companies are grossly underlooking the, this type of strategy from a regular SaaS business perspective. Yeah, it's it's got a it's got a uh, it's got a I don't want to say a shelf life, but it's got a monthly cap to it. And then it's how else do you reach your customer? So I do a lot of panels. I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of podcasts like this. Um, at some point, damn it, we might buy ads. I don't know. It is probably <laughs> going to come. Uh, we'll probably uh, stay very competitive and, and just continue to market our comparison against uh, Spockwork. Say, hey, this is us. This is them. They're an 800-pound gorilla. Um, I read a book not too long ago, a really good book. I think it was called David and Goliath. I can't, can't remember. Or it might have been just Goliath. It was, uh, I think it was David and Goliath. And it was, there's disadvantages and advantages and advantages and disadvantages. 
you know, when, when you're young and scrappy, you can get a certain messaging out and you know who, who your, who, who the other guy is considering. And you can mention and say, this is who I'm up against and this is why. Um, and if I look at companies like that and I think of Blockbuster, right? People didn't quite rush to Netflix because, uh, because of, you know, uh, sure, lying in bed naked and be able to watch movies is great. But, but like Netflix didn't start that way. It was like sending you a DVD. People didn't quite rush to that so much because of the convenience of it. Um, that, that was part of it. But I think they hated Blockbuster so much. And that was some customers came in there and kind of felt abused. Right. And they were following the rules. They had every right to charge the late fees. Yeah. But it was just like a nasty, not good feeling. And when you off, when Netflix came in with a, with an off, op, with a, uh, excuse me, an alternative, an alternative that was more efficient, more cutting edge, more convenient, and not blockbuster, that, that's, that was a, that was a big win. So, Go to market strategy. I, I would say look at, look at a problem that's in the industry. Look at how your competitors are addressing the problem. And then look at how you can solve the problem. Even if you haven't solved it right away, own, own, what, own where, where you are and you know, strive to get to where you want to be. Um, I don't know if that helps with uh, answer questions on Quora. <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, so what you're talking about, I watched the, the documentary Netflix versus the world. Did you, is, okay. did you see that? It's awesome. If it's, it's on um, Amazon and it goes, it's like a, from the initial start to the first DVD being shipped out to when they tried to sell the blockbuster to when blockbuster, um, when they eventually, you know, made an offer for blockbuster to when Carl icon shut down. It's, it's a really fascinating story. It hits, hits on a lot of what you're talking about. And then, you know, as you're talking, though, one of the things that it strikes a chord is, yeah, every, every strength can turn into a weakness. And every weakness can turn into a strength, right? Um, and, you know, it's so funny because this is coming up a lot. Everything always happens in twos and threes. But I just had a branding expert on, uh, David Breyer, earlier today. And he talks about creating your own category through looking at the marketplace, looking at what your competitors suck at, and then also looking at, you know, what you're stronger at and then how much of a gap there needs to be versus you versus the competition. So I think, I think there's some great stuff there that you just highlighted. Um, so, so, so Michael, one of the things that, and we're getting close on time, so I want to be sensitive to that because I know you got to go speak soon. So um, one of the things that I'm curious of is, you know, and something fascinating is you, you have a company all on, you know, freelancers, right? A really big company too, revenue amount for that size. <clears throat> how do you, how do you create an organization like that, um, that flows, right? And, and I mean, to go with your growth projections too are amazing. How do you do that? How do you create that? So if someone's looking to really grow in a capital efficient manager using freelancers like you, how do they make that happen? Okay, well, first, the best thing to do is to read this book, uh, Remote It, Winning with Freelancers, by this guy, Michael Brooks. Love the book. Um, <laughs> uh, look, it's, it's, it's not without its bumps and bruises, 
you know, going full remote, decentralized, distributed, whatever you want to call it, not being able to reach out and strangle people that you put trust in. I mean, like, Dah! you know, like it's, <laughs> it's an ultimate challenge. Um, it, it comes down to, to, to culture. Like, how do you create a remote work culture? So if you're going to, if you're going to conduct business this way, um, one, be very careful on who you hire. Bring people on. When you're bringing people on to be part of your company, multiple interviews, multiple interviews, like spend the extra time, have other people in your organization discuss. Um, you don't want to just say, hey, you've got a skill. We've got a need. Let's put you in there and have it work. I find with, at least for us, this type of, uh, this type of distributed remote culture um, remote work really, really requires that people be a certain type of communicator and that can, can work, work together remotely. It's not for everybody. And each remote culture is not the same. Um, other things like all hands meetings and different things to connect companies, little spiffs. Uh, those are fun. Um, I mean, I've had people that I absolutely, I have people in this company that I absolutely love. That, you know, when, when we have relatives or animals die, we'll, we'll sit around and talk for hours and, you know, we toast on each other's birthdays, but I've never actually physically met them, um, which, you know, I can't wait to. Before the pandemic, I was flying out all the time, meeting with, uh, meeting with people. That's important. You know, it, it, it helps a lot having those, those times where if you can do it uh, to get out, if not, you know, having somebody dedicated that can fly out once or twice a year and just go meet with people. Um, that's, uh, I find that very helpful. We have a, a team in Belarus. We work with an agency out there and we're there. They, they have their team of uh, freelancers and um, we work with other people that aren't part of that group. And I was like, ah, it was a long time ago before all the, all the crazy stuff. Uh, most of them are gone or all distributing now. They're all over the place. But uh, there was like the the biggest rock the biggest rock band in, in that region was playing, and it was super super cheap to get them really good floor seats. So I just got everybody floor seats and sent them all clothes, and they wore their shirts. And so finding a way to fun and creative ways to create culture and give people a sense that they're part of your company, that they're part of what you're doing, um, and that even though they're, they're far away. Um, we've won a few awards, right? Uh, when we actually get the award, they give you an opportunity to give one to other members of your company. Um, if it's in a specific area, we'll, we'll send those to, to certain people just so that, you know, that, that have been a part of, of that particular acknowledgement. And, and that seems to go a really long way and build a lot of trust. Um, and then there's just treating people like human beings. Right. Somebody has a relative die. Somebody's going through something challenging. Uh, what's the harm in saying, OK, no worries. Uh, take a week or two off and then we'll just we'll just pay you. Right. You're not required to. But it's the right thing to do. And it's a good thing to do. And I'm not saying that you should do that or you need to do that for everybody uh, or really anybody. But if there are people that you care about that. You want to damn it when, let me put it this way. When you get the opportunity to show good people that you work with, that you care about them and that you're a support for them, I think you should take it. 
You should seriously consider, consider taking them. Somebody's having a hard time and you can ease their financial stress. You don't have to work this week. You don't have to work next week. It's fine. Take this off. We're still going to pay you your full amount. Just go be with your family. And you can take that opportunity to support them. Man, it comes back in spades. Mm-hmm. It comes back in spades. People come back knowing that they, they have a better sense. So that's breaking down. That type of stuff is breaking down the global walls of the, you're over there, I'm over here, this is our team, and you do this for as cheap as we possibly can get you done. That kind of that kind of sick thinking, I think, is over. I think people are now realizing it doesn't matter where in the world people are. Uh, if they're building on your vision, if they're supporting uh, your enterprise, they deserve, and you sh- it's in your best interest to, to, to be as supportive as possible and treat them with the, with the respect you would anybody else that's in your organization. Awesome, man. I love that. I think, I think that's a, it's a great moral framework for just being good to people and, and um, treating them right. And I imagine there's amazing culture you have as because of it. So um, we are just about up on time. So where can people find you? Where can they find out more about Go Lance? And then we'll wrap it up, man. Yeah, bro. Uh, GoLance.com, G-O-L-A-N-C-E.com. Uh, I'm on the Twitter at uh, Michael Brooks PR. Michael Brooks, Puerto Rico. PR stands for Puerto Rico. That's where I live. Um, hit me up. And that's, uh, that's where we're living these days. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. It was awesome hearing your story and your views on your team and, and how to grow an organization. So thanks for being on. Ryan, thank you. It's a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.